0: Well, I got a note from a listener this week that included the line, Dan, the only thing at which I've succeeded is living a life of misery. Now, I know that's probably not true for most of you, but we're going to give this gentleman some encouragement and all the rest of you some tips for living a life of joy and victory. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, this is where every week we take care of business, that business expanding into not only what we do to create income, but how we live. How can you find or create work and the life you love? You get the choice you can do it. Boy, this is so exciting to know that we get to choose every day. And you see people making choices that you don't want to model. I certainly do. Right now, again, we're caught up in so much negativism. It's like, are you kidding me? Why would people choose to live like that? Well, grab your notes, your pencils and papers, your pens, whatever you've got to make some notes here. i got some books I want to recommend, some resources that I think will help you in whatever you're doing to increase your level and speed of success. That's what we do here, taking real-life questions from you, the listeners. You can shoot your questions in, As you know, to 48days.com slash askdan. There's always places there as well. You can just hit the little microphone, leave an audio question if you'd like, but it's 48days.com slash askdan. And if I use your question here just as an example to hopefully inspire a lot of people, I'll send you an autographed copy of the newest version of 48 Days to the Work You Love. A little bit more about the history on that here coming up in response to a question. Here's some of the questions, though, we're going to be looking at. How can I find the courage to shoot for the moon in my goals? That's, that's an actual title from a book, Shoot for the Moon. And then somebody says, Dan, can I really do this work remotely? I'd like to hear about ideas for managing a business from the mission field. All right, we'll do that. And then, of course, the one I led with here, the only thing at which I've succeeded is living a life of misery. Now, our quotation for today comes from Sean Aker. Just A-C-H-O-R. Sean Aker, he's written a book on happiness. But he says this, happiness is the joy you feel moving toward your potential. Wow, I like that. So it's not just sitting around, you know, eating a candy bar. No, happiness is the joy you feel moving toward your potential. Our resource today is six tips to a successful day through a positive attitude if you just go to 48days.com slash attitude, you'll be able to pick up those six tips for living every day with a positive attitude. I hope you all believe, and I know you do, or you wouldn't be regular listeners here, that we really do have a choice in this. I mean, one of the things that I, I want to just share a little bit about this whole idea of choosing joy You know, at the Ritz-Carlton, they've got a policy there. Ritz-Carlton being a high-end hotel, of course, if you've ever been there, you know that it's kind of different. One of their policies is that if you are within 10 feet of another employee or a guest, within 10 feet, you smile directly at them. If you're within five feet, you say hi or hello. Now, just think about how simple that is but there have been organizations that have been transformed by that simple process. Now that kind of leads into this idea of choosing, you know, choosing to smile, choosing to greet people, you know, with uh, gratitude, love, acceptance, however you want to frame it. There's some real things that happen. If you choose that now in, in, the book, The Happiness Advantage, How a Positive Brain Fuels Success in Working Life by Sean Aker. That's where I got the quotation for today. He's got a lot of research to back this up, but here's what he says. If you choose two minutes of happiness a day, you can overcome your genetics. You can overcome your environment just with two minutes a day of intentional happiness. And he backs it up. I mean, he shows the research. Creativity triples, intelligence rises, productivity improves by 31%. You're 40% more likely to receive a promotion. Wow. That's pretty powerful. Just a simple act of spending two minutes where you practice happiness. Two minutes. Well, check the book out, for more detail there. Certainly practices that, uh, I've got a whole bunch of simple practices, and I, I love to see my grandkids implementing those. Choose happiness. You can choose your attitude. You don't just get up in the morning with a given attitude that's somehow superimposed on you. Nah, you can choose that. When I was teaching introductory psychology years ago, you know, I'd have students that show up, you know, at 8.30, you know, grumpy slouched down, and I'm like, whoa, what happened to you? You get out of bed on the wrong side? Yeah, you know, it's a horrible day. And I I would suggest, why don't you go back? Go back, get in your bed, and just simply choose to have a different day before you get out again. You can choose. Now, one of the little books I just reread, I don't remember what prompted my thinking on it, but it's, it's The Greatest Salesman in the World by Ogmandino. Quick read, you can read it, and. Any of you can read it in two hours, but it goes through 10. It's, it's a story. It's a fictional story, but it's about this gentleman who finds a little ca- case, a little chest with 10 scrolls in it. And each of the scrolls has some kind of life principle. Well, number nine in that is the power of love. And here's the last paragraph in the chapter this is so counterintuitive to a lot of what we see today, where people choose anger, hostility. I heard a man just this week, I was driving out of our community and there were some workers there and I heard that what was apparently the homeowner screaming, just screaming obscenities at these workers for something that he was upset about. I thought, how, why, why, who's going to win? Who is any better off as a result of that. I just don't understand that kind of self-defeating behavior. Here's the last paragraph in The Greatest Salesman in the World, then we'll go into some questions for today. Henceforth will I love all mankind. From this moment all hate is left from my veins, for I have not time to hate, only time to love. From this moment I take the first step required to become a man among men. With love I will increase my sales a hundredfold and become a great salesman. If I have no other qualities, I can succeed with love alone. Without it, I will fail, though I possess all the knowledge and skills of the world. And hey, we're talking simple folks here. Simple, simple principles, rather. Simple principles. These are not complicated kind of concepts at all. Simple principles. Choose to smile. Greet people with a pleasant hello. Choose happiness. Show love to other people. Yeah, guess what? Are you going to have a horrible, terrible, no good, very bad day? No, you're not. You're going to have a great day every day if you just simply choose those things. All right, Mike from Hendersonville, Tennessee says, "Hey Dan, longtime Forty Eight Days listener, Forty Eight Days Eagles member. I've reached a point in my life at fifty five that I need to decide. I'm finally going to start really living. My question comes from a book by Stephen K. Scott." Simple Steps to Impossible Dreams. He talks about the concept of taking your normal goals and apply the shoot for the moon technique. That's simple to take your average normal goals and S-F-T-M them. You shoot for the moon. Make them just beyond what you're capable of doing just by yourself. A dream that is way beyond anything you've dreamt about before. Something that is going to show that you finally arrived in your own life. Then you apply partnering. Partnering. To help you achieve the big goals you can't do alone. I think you're one of the most respected coaches in the industry, but I know that you have coaches, mentors, groups where you seek help and advice. I think because I've studied this stuff for years, I know enough, but I need a coach, a mentor, friends like our 40 Days Eagles members to push me through this one-inch block of fear that keeps me writing in journals about my dreams, but unable to take action on them because I know I lack the know-how to pull it off. Where do I start? Okay. Well, Holly, I, I love what you're alluding to here. And I appreciate your vulnerability, transparency, Mike, in sharing kind of where you are. You do, you're right on the edge of making this happen. You talk about Stephen Scott's book, you know, shoot for the moon. I've always set goals that are beyond what I could possibly hope to accomplish. I set my goals purposely, so I think I've got about a 50-50 chance of hitting them. I mean, if I ever hit every goal that I set for a year, I'd be mortified because, you know, I I think that I set them too low. I mean, it's kind of like the high jumper. I mean, how does a high jumper know how good he or she really is? If they always clear the bar, there's really no measurement of how good. It's only when they trip the bar. That we have a really accurate measurement. Okay, you are this good. You can go this far. And that shows, you know, how far you can possibly go. And then you trip the bar. And then what you then you can plan out, practice, get a coach, get a mentor, so that you can increase even what you were able to accomplish then. Yeah, so I set my goals so I've got about a fifty-fifty chance of hitting them. Now this reminds me of the saying that Well, Joanne and I saw this inscription, a quotation at the bottom of what used to be the John Hancock, or it used to be the Sears Tower in Chicago, one of the first times we were there, written by Daniel Burnham, who's the architect who designed a lot of the beautiful buildings there in the Chicago waterfront, right down Michigan Avenue. But Daniel said this, "'Make no little plans. They have no magic to stir men's blood, and probably themselves will not be realized.' Make big plans, aim high and work, remembering that a noble logical diagram, once recorded will never die, but long after we are gone, will be a living thing, asserting itself with ever-growing insistency. Remember that our sons and grandsons are going to do things that would stagger us. Let your watchword be order and your beacon beauty. But I love the first part of that. Make no little plans. They have no magic to stir men's blood, or in another translation, stir men's souls. Plan big. I mean, I heard Robert Shuler, the former pastor of Crystal Cathedral in California one time, talk about the fact that people get more excited about giving toward a million dollars to build a new fountain in front of the church than they will contribute to the $1,500 needed for a new dishwasher in the church kitchen. People don't get excited about little things. They get excited about big things. I mean, Joanna and I just recently made the largest contribution by far that we've ever made to sponsor the Labyrinth at the Refuge Center, a counseling, wonderful counseling center in Franklin, Tennessee. They're building a new campus, and part of, as part of that, they're going to have a Labyrinth. Now, if they just were asking for donations for the ordinary operating expenses, yeah, you know, we'd help them out, but it's nothing really exciting. But to think about wow, we can actually help them create a labyrinth where people are going to walk through as part of the healing process for things they're experiencing in their lives. And then right at the center, we also donated the the bronze eagle that we had on our property in Tennessee. That's going to be the centerpiece, the eagle, the inspiration to get in the game, dream, plan, act, written on the base of it. Wow. I mean, we got excited about that. I do believe you can get excited about big things. Shoot for the moon. I mean, I love that. Go ahead and make that a plan of yours. You say that you're 55 years old, Mike, at this point, great time. If you haven't done it before, start it now. Now, do I have coaches and mentors who pull me forward? You better believe it. Wow. You say that you need a coach, a mentor, friends like our 48 Days Eagles. I mean, I've always had people like that around me. I've always sought out at every stage, people who could inspire me, people who are already performing at the level at which I wanted to perform. Now, you might want to jot that down. That's one of those principles that is really characteristic of high achievers. They spend time with people who are already performing at the level at which you want to perform. That's it. So I would seek people out. But here's a quick kind of overview, and it's very poignant. And I'll tell you why here in a minute. We moved to Nashville in November of 1989. Joanna and I did. I'd gone through a horrific business experience. We were hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. I was broken, broken, wounded, licking my wounds, trying to figure out what in the world I was going to do. We started going to Christ Church in Nashville, Tennessee. Brother L.H. Hardwick was the pastor there. They welcomed us. They showed compassion and encouragement. And also when I think back, I think, how in the world did they have the courage to do what they did? And that is to give me an opportunity to teach a Sunday school class. I mean, even while I was healing myself, they gave me an opportunity to teach, to guide others. Started teaching a Sunday school class in 1991. Five years later. Because of the growth of the class, I had that first little three-ring binder version of 48 Days to the Work You Love. By 2000, the year 2000, I was selling thousands of those. And then I invited my good friend Dave Ramsey and Sharon, his wife, to go go with us to Megabook University, where we met Mark Victor Hansen, co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul, another big influence of mine. He showed us how he was selling lots and lots of copies, even back then, of Chicken Soup for the Soul. Came back, wow, Dave Ramsey was growing his radio show, and he would tell people every day, you need to make more money. I'll show you how to manage your money, but you need to get my buddy Dan Miller's material, 48 Days to the Work You Love, so you can increase your income and really have work that you enjoy doing. That influence and thousands and thousands and thousands of people my way. Then the hardback version of 48 Days came out in 2005. Of course, an updated version, 2010. Again, 2015. Again, 2020. And I've already got lots of notes that'll go in the 2025 version of that. But every stage I reach out to ask, and I'll think about the people there. And the reason this is really poignant right now is L.H. Hardwick, the pastor of Christ Church. Back then when all this happened, when it birthed, and there's a book written about this, Let the River Run, but it birthed the business that Dave Ramsey and Dan Miller have. And it's told about, We're used as the examples in that little book, Let the River Run. This is very poignant because Pastor Hardwick just died this last week, just died. Now, as I'm recording this on a Wednesday, uh, tomorrow, Joanna and I are going to be flying up to Nashville. We're going to spend the afternoon and evening with Dave and Sharon Ramsey, to kind of reflect back on the memories of what's happened during this period of time. But I mean, those are really, really significant influences. You you want to reach out for those kind of connections, those kind of coaches and mentors, which I continue to do today. Now, the book that I'm working on, my next book will be, working title right now, we may modify it, but the working title is Increase Your Influence, Make More Money, and Have Friends for Life but it's all about creating relationships. You've heard me talk on here about Jason Elkins with his process of 100 cups, where he he wanted to have 100 cups of coffee with people and how it transformed his life and set him up to do something you never anticipated doing. There's that. I'm gonna talk about nurture marketing. I talk about your 3 a.m. list. Who do you have on a list? where you could call them at three o'clock in the morning They would take your call, help you out, fly to come help you do whatever they needed to. Who do you have on that list? Who do you have? Kevin Kelly talks about a a thousand true fans. I'm going to talk about Ben Franklin in there where he increased his connections by asking for favors. He'd take people who were not really fond of him or even political adversaries, and he'd ask to borrow a book as an example. And there's there's a principle there. When you ask somebody for a favor, they're more likely to help you than when you really need help. Well, on and on. But anyway, Mike, you're, you're close. I think you know what to do. I mean, keep interacting with people in the Eagles community. People are more than happy there to help you, encourage you, to mentor you, to coach you. It's all right there. So take advantage of that. But uh, start shooting for the moon. Hey, give, us a, give us a six-month update. Give us an update in about July of this year for how that's working for you. Well, Brian says, uh, Dan, I'm in a small mastermind that started out of the Eagles program with Troy Stoneking, Mark uh, Garstetke, David Price, Yvette Davis. We've been discussing the 48 days process for landing a new position. In particular, how that might fit with looking for remote work. As my wife and I have been looking at prospects for me to work doing the type of graphic design and creative projects I'd like to do, we're not sure the market exists where we live. We're not really looking to relocate, and I know the types of work I can do can all be handled remotely. The mastermind crew suggested I throw this out to you, see what light you might be able to shed. Thanks so much for all you do for letting me hang out with the eagles. Well, You're right. The work that you want to do, graphic design, those kind of creative projects, I mean, location is really not very important. You don't have to limit yourself to just companies, organizations, where you choose to live. You can live anywhere. I mean, we've we've talked a lot about the places around the country right now that are given land away, given houses away, if you just move there. Well, that's pretty appealing because you can move from crowded, expensive California to a place in Iowa or Kansas or Texas. And uh, if you got free land, reduced your expenses dramatically, uh, that's just pretty cool opportunities there. And this is certainly true with what you're talking about. Yeah, location is really not an issue. Just go ahead and do your job search as I lay out in 48 days where you identify, you know, 30 to 40 companies where you think you'd like to be connected. You think you'd like to be part of what they're doing. You believe in their mission, their cause, what they're doing. Reach out to them. They're not likely to say, oh, gee, you have to move to Houston to be part of our team here. No, it's advantageous for a company to not have to provide your workspace, real estate, phones, computers, all that. No, it's much to their advantage. So you're in the driver's seat. Just go ahead, do your job search, knowing that location is not an important factor. Somebody says, I'd like to hear about ideas for managing a business from the mission field. All right. Think about the possibilities today of things you could do from anywhere in the world. From the mission field, if you want to be in Ethiopia for six months and then back in New York City for six months or somewhere else, go down to Haiti for three months, It really doesn't matter. You can, if you put, if you're self-disciplined enough to put together a business plan, and of course, we talk a lot about using 15 hours, just 15 hours. If you really segment that into the four critical areas for activities, you can run a very profitable business. So you can invest a lot of time. I got a note this morning from a longtime friend who spends about half of his time in volunteer positions, but he's a software developer. And he's got things in place that create ongoing residual income for him. So he doesn't have to just be cranking out eight hours a day, five days a week. No, he's got a system in place and he's very committed to some of these organizations where he is making a meaningful difference. And he loves doing that. You can certainly do that. Yesterday I was um, coaching with a gentleman and we're looking at the idea of buying properties that have tax liens against them. Now this is not a uncommon thing. There's thousands of properties all around the country where that's true. But we looked at the idea of having, you can have workers in the Philippines or Taiwan who do all the research. They send out the letters, track the responses. I mean, with that, if you send out a hundred letters, you might get responses from six or seven, let's say. Then you could have somebody in Nashville, Tennessee, follow up with those. If someone agreed to sell you the property they have, you could then have an attorney in Dallas who specializes in this kind of deal, pick up the phone, talk to the owner, finalize the payment, legal transaction. Boom. You, you could do that. So that's a business where, again, where you live, where you're from, doesn't really have any, any impact. So you could do that from the mission field. Set up a system like that in place where it produces the income that you need. And you could buy rare books, resell. You can source them from anywhere and then sell them online, doesn't matter where you are. This week, we highlighted Zig Ziglar's book, See You at the Top, on our Monday Mentor Call. We're going through 12 old classic books. Well, not necessarily, they're all old, but 12 really profound books this year. And for this month, our focus was See You at the Top by Zig Ziglar. Now, that book came out in 1974, which happens to be 48 years ago, but Zig couldn't get a publisher for it. No one would publish it. So he self-published that 1974 version. Now, if you go to look for that, you'll find a few out there. But one of the first things I found was a signed copy from Zig in 1974, signed copy of CU at the top, and it's $1,100. $1,100. $1,100. Well, as we were having our conversation and our money Mentor call, I had other panelists on there who've been impacted by that book. One of those was Greg Gray, Eagles member. He's also our Dean of Business. And he said he has one of those 1974 copies signed by Zig. He was just a teenager, went to a, a seminar that somebody said he needed to go to, and Zig gave copies to all the kids who were there. I mean, what a cool thing is that? Now, So there's copies out there. I mean, if you put together a process to find those, made people reasonable offers on what they have, I mean, a lot of those I'm sure ended up going to Goodwill or Salvation Army. But if you find people who have one, recognize that it is an original and it's maybe a signed copy. And so you give them $300 a piece, which would be a lot of money for a book. And here's somebody selling those kind of signed copies for $1,100, I got my first copy of, of, uh, see you at the top in 1979. It is signed by Zig signed to Joan and me. We value it. We taught our kids from it and so on. Now we could go on and on with ideas, business ideas where you could manage those from the mission field. No hesitation, no limitation, No scarcity at all. There's tons of things you can do. You have to believe you can. You have to believe the opportunities are there. I mean, this is that old Henry Ford thing, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. And if you think there's no opportunities for doing that, you're right. There's not. If you think that there are hundreds of things where you could do the mission work you want to do, do the nonprofit volunteering that you want to do, and continue to create significant income, yes, you can. That's exactly right as well. Well, hey, just a reminder, these are questions. There's just one more we're going to deal with today, and then we'll wrap it up. Questions submitted from people like you, the listeners. I love getting these. I love hearing your questions, your concerns, your challenges, your wins, your successes, resources for other people, all those things. we welcome. Just go to 48days.com slash Dan. That's the easiest way to leave those. And again, if I use your question here, I'll send you an autographed copy of the newest version, which happens to be the 2020 version of 48 Days for the Work You Love. Again, that's 48days.com slash askdan. So this question is the last one and it comes from Bob. Out of Katy, Texas. Dan, I've been listening to your show for over a year and I enjoyed the original edition of 48 Days. Wow, you know, when somebody says that, the original edition. I don't know how far back they're going. I have people all the time who show me the version three ring binder with cassettes in it, two cassettes. I mean, that goes back in the mid, well, that goes back as far as 1996, where it was that. And it's just been uh, developed, modified, continues to hopefully be a guide and inspiration for a whole lot of people even today. So he says, I enjoyed the original edition of 48 Days, and I'm looking forward to reading your other books. You've been very helpful with invaluable insights and information to help me along in my pursuits. Wondering if you have any feedback for my situation. I recently turned 60 years of age, and I've never had what can be considered a career over the years I've had various unsatisfying jobs and even a business unrelated to my gifts and I think because of my background and well-intentioned advice I received in my youth I was impressed it was impressed upon me that the only responsibility I have is to get a job and pay the bills period. Wow. Well Bob you're you're right that is kind of a concept, a mindset that was impressed on a lot of us. Quit talking about enjoying your work. It's a bitter pill for all of us. It's a curse from God. I mean, we can go on and on. The only thing you need to do is be responsible and get a job, pay the bills. Well, that's not our philosophy around here. Obviously, you know that as well. Bob continues, in recent years, I've come to seriously question the wisdom of that advice, especially since there were others who advised me to take a different path. It's true that others see our gifts before we do. Choosing the former, the only thing at which I've succeeded is living a life of misery. I've always found my passion in reading, writing, and drawing, and my specialty is humorous illustrations. I can say it's something from which I've never made a true profession. However, I've always found ways of drawing for modest pay. At this stage in my life, regrets notwithstanding, I've embarked on actively pursuing my calling um, by incorporating my love of drawing, writing, into a career that I can be proud of. As mentioned earlier, I get compensated modestly for drawings. I design t-shirts, other merchandise for sale online, which are based on my drawing style and humor. And last year, I published a book, which is for sale on Amazon. However, because of my lack of experience, I'm stumbling right out of the gate. I know others have found great success in similar endeavors, but I'm struggling with how to make this enterprise a success by myself and for myself. Any advice, Bob? Well, the first thing I did, Bob, when I got your note, and you know, I accumulate these over the course of a week at least, and um, since Amazon does what Amazon does, as soon as I saw that, I jumped on Amazon and found your book. Shut up and draw a journey to creativity and it's got a drop of ink in the front, cool cover, a drop of ink will make a million think. man I love that. I love the whole setup and I went went through it. I love your caricatures. I really, really do. I mean you're very, very good <laughs> and, and then the the little inspirational things you've got I mean I've got one open right here it says, Lord created me a pure heart, but not today <laughs> Uh, get going and then get good. Consistency is better than rare moments of brilliance. Well, you got some really delightful things in here. You can leverage those things if you let it be known that you have them there. Now, your work reminds me of Ashley Brilliant. Ashley is a guy, he he, he jokes about it. His, his name is, it's spelled A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H. Ashley Brilliant. And you can find him just ashleybrilliant.com he his thing is brilliant words he plays on his name brilliant thoughts in 17 words or less when i did no more dreaded mondays and no more dreaded mondays you know was the next book i did after 48 days to the work you love um that was there was a bidding war a random house gave me a 300,000 dollars advance for that book and i you know put my heart and soul into doing that in there, I have a whole lot of Ashley Brilliant cartoons, very much like what you have, very much like those. And I think I paid $50 a piece for those. So I have those sprinkled all through the book. Things like uh, a little cartoon that says, uh, the working hours I would prefer are never to never. And then there's one that says, you can't say I've done nothing today. And then small print, you can only say I've done nothing worthwhile. Well, I have those sprinkled in my book, No More Dreaded Mondays, because they're just great tie-ins. They fit beautifully with a the theme of work that matters for people who care. I'm, I think you could do the same thing. If you had a source, somehow people could buy just your individual drawings like that, that they would do that. Now, you see, you have some things that you're doing like t-shirts. Certainly that's a way to kind of leverage what you're doing. Ashley Brilliant sells. You can get like a thousand of his little cartoon things, you know, in one digital document for some kind of a price. I don't remember several hundred dollars. I mean, so there are different options, but he's done very well with those over the years. Now, the other thing the caricatures that you do, I mean, I'm a big fan of somebody who can do caricatures really well, and you obviously can, now, uh, it, it's clear that you are doing a lot of that with all the ones you have on your site there. Um, you're obviously doing that and having some success in doing that. Uh, a few years ago, uh, Joanne and I were invited to a, a corporate Christmas luncheon. And as their guests, we were treated to lunch and other goodies. And some of the other goodies was the privilege of having a caricature drawn, drawn by Tracy Latham. Tracy's out in Nashville, and he shared that he had read Forty Eight Days to the Work You Love uh, several years prior. It inspired him to go into business full time, which he's done, and that business is drawing these incredible caricatures. That's all he does. Yes, he, people told him it was not realistic or practical. I mean, who's going to encourage you? They're going to see the the caricatures, and then they're going to ask you, you know, what do you do for a real job? You know, what do you do to pr- produce income? Well. People told him that, but he moved ahead anyway, and now he stays booked at corporate events, birthday parties, conventions, conferences. I mean, he charges well. It's really um, two hundred dollars an hour is what he charges with a four-hour minimum, and he's continual crowd pleaser. Has some some of the questions on Tracy's uh, site, and you can find him. Just find him on Facebook is the easiest thing. It really, uh, his Facebook. Link is Nashville caricatures. I mean, he pretty well owns the Nashville market because he just, people want him. But somebody asked him, did you go to school for this or are you just naturally talented? He says, I went to school to delay adulthood and I'm naturally lazy. What do you do when you're not doing this? Like these party caricatures. When I'm not drawing at gigs, I'm trying to book more gigs. Do you ever look at other kinds of art? Only do you ever do other kinds of art? Yeah. So somebody doing caricatures, people are going to ask, you know, what can you do? You know, beautiful portrait or something I would hang in the wall. He says, only as time permits. My mother's still waiting for that oil painting of ducks on a lake. Well, I love what you're doing. I mean, I think you can, I think you can leverage this. And you know me when it comes to art. So many people say, well, you can't do that. That's not practical or realistic. Not me. I love people who have taken their art. I have pieces here in my office, you know, beautiful pieces where people are doing extraordinarily well in the art that they're doing. Now, I want to tell you what what I'm going to be talking about next week. One of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to be talking with a friend of mine, a listener, and looking at his background. He was drummer for a very popular, and I'll tell you next week, a Christian band. So he was a drummer with them. He was concerned about being gone from his family when he started having kids. He moved into some other things. He's moved into real estate, but he moved into real estate, very common profession. A lot of people do it. They're going to make very reasonable income. He did that as well until he discovered something else. He does YouTube videos and it exploded his business. He's going to tell you the details of that. So be be ready for that next week when I'm going to have Jeff interview with me. He's just a regular listener. Those are the stories I like to expand on. Somebody who was where you may feel like you are right now uh, just a couple years ago and what he's done to really leverage that and to, to walk into an extraordinary level of success. Well, hey, As always, honored to go through the questions. Thanks for shooting those in. Again, you can send those in. Just go to 48days.com slash askdan. Submit your questions there. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sending in your questions. Thanks for being the kind of people who choose happiness, joy, and love, who are open to growing and being a powerful force, for setting those big goals that may stretch us. We're going to shoot for the moon, and by golly, we're going to grab a few stars on the way as you are making the world a better place. And thanks for being the kind of people who believe without a shadow of a doubt that we can find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable.